Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with Soso. If you're listening to the show on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button and also follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Sports with Soso. Everyone who's been listening, we want to wish you a happy new year as we end the 2020 on great terms, as we got the podcast off the ground with the love and support you guys gave us. And as we move into 2021, with your help, we're going to continue to grow the show. This week, we got a packed show for you guys. We kick things off with the Miami Heat weekly update. We check in on Ryan Garcia's astounding comeback performance, and we put a positive spin on a disappointing end to the Dolphins season. Let's go! Everybody was able to get that half-off pizza from Papa John's. God, I hate that pizza, dude. Papa John's is a shit, I take dog. it. It's a good deal. It's Especially a good deal. To, I mean, first and foremost, you got to realize what it means, right? Right, right. Absolutely. It means we won. And pizza mañana, which, you know, who doesn't yeah, like pizza? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll take the good deal. Don't get me wrong. But, God, man, I've eaten a lot of Papa John's of my day, let me tell you. Nah, I feel you. And with this deal, you can't beat it, bro. Hopefully, we get sponsored off for some shit but like this. We got to stick to what's important. You're absolutely right, which the, is a, a The heat win. The heat <laughs> win. And we def- definitely needed one against OKC because we had a pretty rough stretch. We lost a game to the Bucks while we were recording. Um, we saw them get their ass kicked, which was not pretty. At least they were able to bounce back the next day and take a victory from from the Bucks, which is again we know they're a tough team. Giannis played out of his mind both games, and luckily we were able to win one of those games, especially at home. Big deal. And then we go on the road, lose to Dallas by ten, which was pretty whack. You know they beat us ninety three eighty three. Um, now we're only one and two on the road, not looking so hot when we're away from home. Come home, play OKC. And we get the W. And most importantly, I think we got everybody more into a rhythm, right? We saw a really good game from Kelly Olenek. We saw Bam have a really efficient game, which was amazing. And even Jimmy and Duncan, you know, they were able to stay consistent and really get going. We know that Jimmy is not really a big-time regular season player, right, where he's not going to have those 30-point games every night. But we know what he brings to the team, efficiency. And when everybody else is being as efficient as Kelly Olenek was and Bam was, then you see the big victory that we put on them. At one point, we were even up 35 points on these guys in the third quarter. Yeah. You know? We had that huge run. No, the team's looking good, man. I mean, uh, right now, might not look at it on, on paper. We're, what, 3-3 three and three right now through six games. Uh, I think we're 10th in the East right now. Rough. Uh, or 12th even. I mean, it's not, it's not looking great for it us. It depends but. on what happens tonight. Yeah, we're playing the as right now as we're recording this, we're playing the Celtics, which we said too. If this if we lost this game, then we might have to reconsider when we record these podcasts and yep. and do them on off nights when the Heat aren't playing because we don't want to be the jinx. The last time we recorded, the, they got smacked by the uh, by the Bucks. But um, yeah, man, I mean, there's a good some good takeaways to take away from the first few games though. I mean, like you said, Bam's looking good, right? He's averaging 19 points per game, eight rebounds. Um, that's and solid. I, and I really like that he's games. incorporating that jump shot into his game more often and really getting comfortable with that. That little 15-footer that he was hesitant to shoot before. Yeah, it's, shit is dangerous. If he starts knocking those down and really get efficient with that and starts drawing big guys to him, this guy's going to tear it's up over. the league. It's he's going to tear up the league. Uh, another another highlight, Hero. You know, we saw him take over at the point uh, in the finals when Dra- Dragon went down. Yep. And this season we've been starting him at the point. And, and he started off a little shaky. I'm not going to lie. The first couple games, he you know, trying to do a little too much, trying to really yeah. uh, make the big play and, and the extra pass and all that. But, like, now he's gotten into the groove. And he's, he's really doing well at the point guard position. How do you feel about that? I like it because 
one, he brings a different aspect offensively to the team, right? right. We know he's dangerous with it. Um, he is he shoot. sloppy? Yeah, he can be sloppy with the ball, but I think that's more because he's a kid, right? He's 20 years old or going to be 21, um, and he's really learning how to play point guard in the NBA. And if Spo trusts him enough to start at point guard just for, for the sake of having Drogic come off the bench and really preserve him for the rest of the season, that's really an upgrade, man. Right. Um, that OKC game really showed that. You know, you had Kelly Odenick spark the team. He had 11 points, ended up with nine in the third quarter, ended up with 19 points, saw five of seven from three-point land, also eight rebounds. Bam, that night went nine of ten. Amazing game. Uh, hit his free throws, eight rebounds, ended up with 20 points. He had a lot of pick and rolls that ended up in dunks, so it's easy to score that that high-ass percentage. But yeah. that's him being that's his at his game, best. Though. I mean, you know? yeah, that's his game, absolutely. Yeah, and now we got this big game against the Celtics, which is not looking good at the moment. But Where are we at right now? What do we got? Down 53-43 at the half. So let's see how it ends. But right, Boston's been on a tear, man. You know, uh, I was telling you before the show, Jalen Brown has really been on a tear lately, bro. That guy's averaging 27 points per game, shooting 58% from the field. So you can tell that he's been dangerous. They've had a good team for a while now, you know, and they've always been a problem for us. So Yeah, and even tonight. They're, they're showing it. Tatum, the game before that against Toronto, dropped 40 on them. So Yeah, the Celtics are ranked fourth right now in the conference, so they got a 5-3 and record they're doing, but we're two games behind them. Oh, they just gave Hayro a a lob three-pointer, three-pointer. Oh, my God, and this guy misses the first free throw. Oh, man. All right, well, hopefully the Heat can uh, get back on track in this one, come home with a W, and we can get some more uh, crappy pizza for 50% off. Let's go Heat, man. (laughs) Let's go Heat, baby. You know, something else that was pretty impressive over the weekend was the Ryan Garcia fight against Luke Campbell. Bro, I had a lot of... I don't want to say reservations, but just a lot of like 10, like, I don't know. I was really reserved about the kid to say, damn, is he really what everybody says he is? You know, he's with Golden Boy and now he's, you know, being promoted by Canelo, Canelo and he's being trained by Canelo's trainers. And I'm like, shit, man, this this kid is heading in the right direction. Next thing you know, second round, kid's face down because <laughs> he got knocked out. He got um, dropped, man. He got dropped for the first time in his career. And I'm sure everybody that was watching that fight did exactly what I did, which was like, oh, shit, and sat up. And I was like, oh, damn, he got dropped. Yeah. Now what's up? You know, is this the end of Ryan Garcia? Is he going to be able to bounce back and really show some heart? And what's funny is I was watching that fight with my mom, and she was like, damn, he went down weird because his arm was, like, in a bad angle and shit. But he got up. It's because he wasn't expecting to get dropped. Mm, I don't think that he was expecting to get hit with clean punches. And Luke Campbell is a really decorated fighter. He won the uh, gold medal. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's no no chump. Right. And he was 20-3 and three going into the fight 18, with 16 knockouts. So, again, he, he knew what Luke Campbell was bringing to the table. And Ryan Garcia, you know, his corner man told him, he was like, you know why you got knocked out? As soon as he sat down, he was like, yeah. He was like, you put your fucking right hand down. And he caught you with that left. And this is boxing. You know, this is not amateur shit. This right. is like real championship level that we're going to be facing from here on out. Yeah, these are pros that can exploit your weaknesses. And whenever you make Quickly. a bad decision, exactly, they're going to snap. Yeah. So, they, that, I mean, you saw it right there. Yeah. and then it, the happened, kick, it happened quick. The kid comes back to win the third and fourth round single-handedly, you know, because he, he felt like, damn, this guy tried me. You know, he, he dropped me in front of everybody, embarrassed me. Now I got to put it on him. 
And that's exactly what Ryan Garcia did, bro. He went after Luke Campbell, gave him everything he had for the third and fourth round. He almost ended the fight in the fifth round towards the end of the fifth round because he caught Luke with, a, I think it was a right hook to the face, and it stunned him. And he kind of, like, turned his head and was like, and that's exactly as the fight, as the bell was ringing, boom, boom, boom. And you can tell that he was, like, on the, on the ropes, and he was hurt, and Garcia knew it. Yeah. So he was looking for blood, and in the seventh round, bro, I watch a lot of boxing. I know you watch a lot of boxing. That has to be one of the most vicious left hooks to the liver that, that body, I've seen. That body blow was it was intense, man. I would not – I don't know how much money it would take for me to absorb one of those from that kid, man, because that shit looked like it hurt. Bro, even my mom felt bad for the guy. <laughs> I was like, yo, he went it down really it. bad. He went down really <laughs> bad. And I was like, yeah, you know, because that shit hurt. When you get hit like that, there's no way you're getting up for a 10 count. Yeah. I don't care who you are. And we've seen a lot of people, a lot of champs go down like that. Oscar De La Hoya went down like yep. uh, That's all it takes. That, that area right there is really sensitive, man. You take one good body shot right there, and that's lethal. That's the spot spot. You know what I mean? No, it was beautiful to see that 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 comeback, you know, that he remained poised. He remained, you know, he's like, I'm going to stick to what I know. He, he stayed in the fight, and he made sure he ended it in, 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 in a Ryan Garcia fashion. I mean, that was that's what he is. He's a big hitter, you know, and that shot was beautiful. Showed a lot of heart, bro. And, and again, to... To be down in a fight like that where you got your ass whooped, you know, and you got embarrassed, put on the floor. Now you got to come back and and defend your title, really defend your title and show everybody that you're the real deal. Because everybody was hyping you up as the next face of boxing because right. you're a pretty boy and you got the million of followers on Instagram and Twitter. He's got the fast hands. He was even he was even doing the stupid (laughs) body shot challenge where he has like celebrities and random people come and do put the the harness on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was going after uh, uh, going to town on them. There was only one guy who was able to withstand his body shots. It just happens to be one of the most feared men in UFC. Uh, Nagano, Kevin, yeah, Francis Nagano. Francis Nagano. He was like, "That's all you yeah, got." That guy, that guy's like He's a, a superhuman, exactly. You know, so nobody's gonna feel that guy. So it wasn't surprising to see Ryan knock out Luke Campbell like that, but it was impressive. And after Absolutely. being knocked down, you know, you always want to see young champions get up and show that heart, and he definitely did that. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with the pressure that was put on him. You know, when you're riding with a Canelo and you're riding with an Oscar and and all that big name, you know. You're going to have that pressure to perform. And, man, the kid performed. It yeah, was impressive. So, so far, every big fight that he's that he's been in, you know, and it hasn't been that many yet, you know, but all the fights have been big fights for him, and he's won in, in, in incredible fashion. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one. What do you what do you think about his future? What's the, what's the next fight for him? Well, I like the fact that after the fight, he, he respected David, David Haney enough to be like, yo, you know, I see you, champ, and we're going to do our thing in the ring. But then he went out and called out Tank Davis because I guess people really want to see the Tank Davis fight. Me, personally, I would prefer him to fight Haney first and really get that technical boxing match out of the way before you go into a slugfest with Tank. Only because I feel like it'll be make that Tank fight a bigger fight, right? Once he gets rid of Haney, there's no more doubts. This kid's the... the the undisputed right. champ champ, right? Yeah, he's the number one contender. He's going to be the number one contender. So, but I did I see want on Instagram. Fest. I don't know, man. I want that slugfest. I saw them going, yeah, what well, you were just talking about right now, about to bring up. You, they were beefing on, on, on Instagram. Yeah. Or on Twitter. I don't one of the two. And they were going after each other. I guess he was saying, you know, don't, you know, why are you coming after me when, you know, I was there when you needed me or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it was, it, 
I felt like it was a lot of behind the scenes shit being let loose, right? Like, oh, you know who you called and go ahead and sign the contract. You know, I sent it to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that fight's going to definitely happen sooner than later, which is good for boxing because yeah, I absolutely. love seeing big fights, you know, and 2021 should have a lot of big fights, man. So I, I really like that, that prospect of a fight, you know, oh, whether yeah. it's with Haney or with, with uh, Tank. I prefer it to be with Haney, but I wouldn't be mad either way. Yeah, hell yeah, man. It should be a good fight no matter what. But I ended up being mad this weekend, though. It's it's, it's time. We got to talk about it. All, all of Miami, man. And that's why we, we, we usually start off the show with the Dolphins review, but we had to leave it for, for last this time around because... It hurts so much yeah. that we had to sprinkle, like, you know, the we sprinkles. We had to start, start off with some positives here. And start with some positives. It was the wackest way that I thought we could have ended our season. How about that? Because... Whether we had lost that game to the Bills, if you tell me we lose, hey, you lost 35-34, 35-28, whatever. Okay, we lost to probably the second-best team in the NFL, yeah, third-best I mean, team What in were NFL. our predictions? Do you remember our predictions? I yeah, think I, I had, had right like... We, well, we were pretty close to what the Dolphins scored, right? I had 29, <laughs> you had 21, so it was like pretty yeah, close. Yeah, we combined those and average them out. We're right there more or less, but the freaking Bills put an ass whoop on us, bro. 56-26. It was really embarrassing, dog. And Josh Allen just had a field day. I mean, granted, we, we picked him off, but it, the kid still threw for three touchdowns and like 300 yards. When you think about it and you review, look back at the game, right, and you watch it, it was almost like they were making a point in the game to be like, nah, we're not going to let off. We're not going to sit our players. We're going to show everybody in the NFL that we're the real fucking deal. And, bro, they showed that with us because we're not no – cupcake defense right where you're gonna just run all over us and throw all over us and they made that shit look easy against us except for my man Xavier Howard I know we'll get into this later but he had a pick huge shout out to him man huge shout out to Xavier of the season 10th pick of the season which was dope and other than that there was really nothing going on on defense you know we no, gave up everything underwhelming downs, underwhelming huge plays we gave up uh, punt return for a touchdown on special teams is like that's that's some we had bad a, team shit. And we we're had not a, a bad no team. name guy have three touchdowns on the day. A no name. I don't even know his name. I'm not gonna mention it because nobody's ever gonna remember that guy's name. And he had three touchdowns on us on that day. I mean, it was not it was not what we had seen all year long from the Dolphins. It was not what we wanted as a Dolphins fan. I mean, we've been doing this. We've been talking about our guy Tua. We've been hyped ever since he came in to start against the Rams. And now you know to go out in this fashion. With this kind, you know, with this kind of performance, it, it, it's it's disappointing. I mean, he did throw for over, I think, three hundred yards in this game, yeah, three sixty, which is a, the biggest takeaway for you know for for Tua at least. But you know, it's it just draws a lot of questions now after the game for for a lot of people. So let's break that down, right? Because you brought up Tua's stats, and I'm glad you did. He was thirty five of fifty eight. I'm gonna repeat that: thirty five completions. Out of 58 attempts. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. To end up with 361 yards, one touchdown, three INTs. Now, I'll discount him one INT because it was a tip, right? Yeah. And and more like a drop than a tip. And we had a lot of drops on, on that game, in that game. Yeah. But it didn't convince me. And a lot of people that I spoke to were not convinced on tour because of this game's performance. For me, I want to kind of put the brakes on that as a Dolphins fan, right? Because we got to break things down individually for our team. A lot of people look at things that are going on with Herbert and Burrow and this guy. We can't be concerned with all that shit. 
can we have a conversation about it or say, man, did we or did we not get the right guy? For me, that takes time. For us to have a conversation on whether or not Tua has flopped right now, is it, it feels a little premature. You know what I mean? It feels a little premature because we haven't given this kid everything possible to succeed. I would just say, you know what, fam? You're not it. You know, you're a nice guy, great kid, but you can't throw the ball. You can't do this. You can't do that. And we'll get ready and see you another time. I don't see it that way. I see it in the way that if we do, right, if we do give him some weapons, protect him a little bit more, open up the playbook, he can show how dangerous he was, right? Because a lot of the top NFL talent that he came out with in from Alabama were the guys that he was playing with. So, yeah, you're there with a great coach and you have great teammates. But ultimately, if you're a quarterback, you got to throw the ball. And he wasn't really a running quarterback. Right. He was a throwing quarterback. So, for me, again, I want to say, like, we got to slow down on the expectations of what Tua should have done. Yeah. I've mentioned it before. This was a freebie season, and you know that. I, exactly. We, were, we weren't expecting this. You know, we had Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he was supposed to mentor him. We were we were 3-3, three and three, I think, through six games. And then, you know, he comes in, and we start Tua, and we get real hype about it because this is the guy, right? This is the guy we drafted. This is the guy we're trying to build our team around and want to give him a shot. But, you know, it is hard, man. We got we to gotta acknowledge the other side. I mean, you know, we can't compare him to these other quarterbacks, but – you know, what are these other quarterbacks doing and why are they being compared, right? Well, for one, you know, Tua put up 1,800 yards in the season. He had 11 touchdowns, five interceptions with an 87.1 QBR, right? Well, to compare that, Justin Herbert, and that was in nine games. Justin Herbert, he did play 15 games. He played almost the whole season after that that incident, unfortunately, with Tyrod Taylor, uh, which, which still sucks to this day. But uh, he was able to put up 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns. He set the rookie record, actually, with that. 10 interceptions, and a 98.3 QBR. Now you're saying, yeah, Joel, well, that guy got to play almost a whole season. You know, it's a whole different offense, has a whole different system over there. Okay, I get it. Uh, but let's take another rookie quarterback, Joe, Bur Joe, Joe Burrow. He only played 10 games. As you remember, he got hurt too. He had in 10 games, almost the same as Tua. He had one more game in Tua. He had 2,600 uh, yards. He had 13 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a higher QBR than, than Tua with 89.8. So – they didn't really have that great a team either, right? And that's what they put up. So it's like, all right, the numbers are clearly in favor of those two guys there. So now it's like, you know, in recent news, we let go, or I'm sorry, he resigned. Chan Gailey decides, you know, he no longer wants to be a part of the organization after something happened earlier in the week when a report was, you know, put out that he was fired or let go by the Dolphins. Officially, he retires now, or he resigns, I should say. And now, now I'm wondering, okay, so maybe Chan Gailey wasn't the right guy for Tua and his style of play. This is how I know the Dolphins are taking the patient approach with Tua. The GM, Chris Greer, comes out and says, hey, Tua is our quarterback. Not the head coach. The guy pulling the strings. Because if Flores has another bad season or we end up, you know, under 500 for whatever reason, my man's job is going to be on the line no matter what. Not the GM. Right? So... Chris Gear comes out and says, hey, Tua's our guy. Now, is that a bluff? Maybe. Are we really doing the due diligence with our third pick and not playing coy 
right? To say, oh, yeah, we're going to draft a quarterback or we don't know what our quarterback situation is to kind of hype up the volume, the value of that pick. But if you're the Dolphins and you're loaded with picks and you know you're going to be loaded with good picks, right? We have two first-round picks, two second-round picks for right now. Why would you gamble and say, yeah, this is what I could do and really put a doubt into Tua at this point in the season? It's not necessary. Right. Right? We don't even have an offensive coordinator. And like it or not, Dolphins fans, a lot of you guys were complaining about the game call, the play calling. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people were, were happy to see Changeli exit. And and it wasn't like, damn, Tua sucks. It's like, damn, bro, why do we have this guy throwing the same under route yeah. four times in a row? Right. Who's calling those plays? Doing a bubble screen every other play. You know what I mean? That's not Tua fucking calling plays in the huddle like, hey, guys, sorry, we're going to switch it up. That's not him, right? Because... A, he doesn't look like that type of quarterback, right? Not even in college. B, do you think they're really going to give him the reins to say, yeah, rookie, go out there and make your own calls? No, nah, absolutely not. Absolutely not, bro. I guarantee you, you. You do what we tell you to do. We, I guarantee you they have the first 10 to 15 plays scripted every game for that yeah, guy. Yeah. Hey, first down, we're going to do this. Second down, no matter what, the yardage situation, this is what we're going to run. Yeah. Okay, that helps me get prepared. I know what I have to do. I feel comfortable. Here are my little audibles. This is what I can do. That doesn't really help his development. I get it. It's the safe role, right? And we saw it because before this game, he had only thrown two interceptions to 10 touchdowns. So we knew he was accurate with the ball, which was what we wanted. That was his biggest thing coming out of college. The most accurate college quarterback ever was Tua. And he's still shown that this season. He's been very accurate this Super season. Super accurate, bro. Super accurate. He ended up the season with a 64% completion rate as a rookie. Yeah. You know, that's that's not stuff that that's really easy to do, especially when you have limited weapons. Now, people may want to say, oh, this is an excuse to say you didn't do that good because of the weapons. I say to you this, Josh Allen's first year, right, as a rookie, wasn't great. What the, but the Bills, forgetting about the fans and who's complaining about what, what opinions they had about Allen, the Bills believed in him and said, you know what we got to do? We got to get this guy top-level wide receiver. They go get digs, now look at where the Bills are at. Probably one of the favorites to reach the AFC championship, you know? And if not the Super Bowl, yeah. So yeah, because they built around the guy. They built around the guy, and this isn't something new. Like if you've if, been, if you've been watching football and you keep up with the Dolphins and you keep up with the AFC, especially because of the Dolphins, you've been seeing the progression in the Buffalo Bills. You've been seeing them, you know, building around that. You know, they've had Josh Allen. He was his dual threat quarterback, and they started putting pieces around him, like you said. And now you can see where they really are. And, and the Dolphins, I feel like we're very close to being there as well. And I think Tua is our guy. And I think what what we need to your point is we need to add those places, take advantage of this draft where we have some solid picks, some solid positioning and really take these pieces now and add to, to, to that roster where now we can do some damage with Tua and the rest of the gang. For I, sure. I think that's what we need for sure. Because it, this is how most NFL teams want to build their rosters, right? You get the quarterback. And then you get the wide receiver. And then you find yourself a running back. And then you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
it doesn't mean anything until you find the quarterback that you're like, yup, this is the guy that we can trust. Yeah, and I think we got that with Tua. That's Tua. You know what I mean? That's Tua. It's unfair to be like, oh, man, this kid sucks, or maybe we should, you know, pick a quarterback in the first round with one of our first two picks. Do we really have the right guy? It's too early for that conversation. You know, it's too early for that conversation. We haven't given the kid enough time. He's only played 10 games. You know, 10 games. Yeah, it's with, too early to call it, man. It's like, too early. What we got, I mean, we got a 10-6 and six season out of it. We just barely missed the playoffs, unfortunately, due to this last game. But there's a lot of really good takeaways from, from the season overall. Again, if I would have told you before the season, hey, guess what? Tua starts as a starter. He goes 6-3, and three, right? He starts nine games. I'm sorry, right? 6-3. and three. Would you take that? Yeah. Absolutely, right? All day. Now, if I tell you, he also helps us get to a playoff spot, right? He puts us in that position. Would you take that? 100%. Okay, then. I don't know who so then have. we got to look at the season and say, yeah, we didn't get ultimately what was the best for us, right? A playoff berth would have been amazing, especially for this franchise. We yeah. love, love, love us Dolphins playoff football, and we haven't been able to have it in a really long time. And this seemed like a really good year to have that opportunity. That Denver game that we no longer speak about. Yep. She came to bite us in the ass just like we predicted. That was the one. It was the one. I'm still having nightmares. Right. But when we look at the season overall, right, even from the times that we had Fitzy in, in the in the starting position, we ultimately had a really good season, man. Yeah. The year before we were a terrible team. We had no type of consistency. Our defense was whack. We needed a lot of help on the defensive side. We drafted a lot of defensive help on this on that side. And it worked out. Yeah. We had know, because we improved the defense. We had uh we had the season leader of interceptions on our team, Xavier Howard. He capped off, you know, his tenth interception of the season. That's a huge takeaway right there. You know, we paid the man. Hey, we gave him his money and he he put in the work for us. And we had, you know, on the defensive front, we had, you know, our D-line was, was racking up sacks all season. Jerome Baker, uh, Cal Van Noy. I mean, we, we had these these guys that were just, you know, dogs all season. Unfortunately, this last game didn't really go the way that they played all season. But I'll take that going into next season. Absolutely, man. When you look at the development that the Dolphins have been able to have, right, you mentioned one of them in Baker. He was a draft pick for us. He first season, people were like, "Did we really get this freaking <laughs> this linebacker?" You know, his guy's terrible. Now he's probably one of our best linebackers. Yep. Young and he and again, and on we've a, done that. We've developed we've him. developed him on a rookie contract, albeit right. So we can draft well. We've seen it. We got Wilkins, the kid. He had another great season. Um, Xavier Howard. Even Agba. Emmanuel Agba, man. We, Hell of a we made that move to say, hey, we're going to bring this guy in, develop him here, and really bring out the best of his talents. What does that translate into? His highest season in sacks. Now this guy's a beast on the line for us, and we're able to improve on a good on a bad defense into a really good defense, which next year can continue to be as good, if not better, as those pieces continue to gel, or we add to it. If we need to add something to this offseason is mostly the offensive side of the ball. We need an offensive tackle, right? We need a running back. We, more importantly, we need a wide receiver. All right, so you just gave me three positions. We got two picks in the top 20, number three and number 18. 
what do you do with those two picks? Damn, dog. You put me on the spot like I that? I mean, that's what we do here. In front of my wife and everything? That's what we do here. Um, For me, the third pick, I would go with, it's kind of whack because my heart and my brain are, tuned, are telling me two different things. But I would probably take up the offensive tackle, the kid from Oregon, Panay Sewell. Yep, yep. If he doesn't go to if the he Jets, doesn't go to the Jets at number two at number two and he's there because they can keep they can keep Darnold they don't have to go for like Justin Fields or something like that they, Darnold's a solid quarterback you know and they get they got the problem out of there which is even Gase. if they go Justin Fields I don't care yeah if they if the old offensive line guy it's comes still to there. us I want him why because a he'll automatically improve an offensive line that has shown improvement right you and I have spoken about it yeah. But he also adds solidif- like a safety net for not only Tua and in the future, if Tua is not the answer, right? And I'm talking about in the future. I'm not talking about next season or the season after that. Well, maybe the season after that. Who knows? But an offensive tackle is something that pays off dividends for years to come, especially if they're studs. You can keep paying them. That's a position they can grow old in and move across the line, play different positions. Or you can trade them away for a first-round pick hmm. to draft another offensive lineman later hmm. on. <laughs> what do you? What would you? How far back from three do you want to move? No, I mean I'm okay. I like three, man. I for me to be honest with you, I I think I like our offensive line. I like where they're at right now. And considering the fact that you know what I just said, we got that pick because of the fact we traded away Laremi Tunzo, which was our our best offensive lineman. We traded him to the Texans, so we land this first round pick that now turned into a number three spot. I I for me, man, at number three, I would really really love to see us with the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith from Alabama. I would like to see him reunite with Tua, man. They play great together. He he's the most explosive and dynamic receiver in the draft this year. You know, why not, man? We don't go for those players. We always the Dolphins always go with the, you know, the the, the offensive lineman, the fundamental or, pick or the you know, the the defensive end that they move up to get out of Oregon, Deion Jordan, I hate you. You know, like it's the, the, always those picks. It's like for once just do something. You got Tua last year. Let's let's do it. Let's go all in. Let's go get his receiver now. His number one receiver, the Heisman winner for 2020. And and let's let's make a big splash, man. No pun intended. Yeah, I mean, I like the home run swing, right? The home run swing would definitely be getting a wide receiver. Whether it's Devontae Smith, like you said, the kid from Alabama, or whether it's Jamar Chase, the kid from LSU. Yep. We definitely need a weapon to put on the outside for Tua. If you look at a lot of the good teams or teams that are heading into the playoffs, they have a good combination when it comes to wide receiver and the quarterback. Absolutely. So you got to have that. We already got the biggest part. Check. QB. Now we need the wide receiver. Check. Let's get that. Now, it would be amazing to really draft Devontae Smith. Even though Jamar Chase is probably the better, I don't want to say prospect, but probably the better quote-unquote talent, um, we know that Devontae Smith's work rate is going to be pretty high. And him being from Alabama and tying that in with another Alabama kid who knows how they train and what they think and how they execute plays, that could probably end up doing really well for him. Yeah, they got the chemistry already, right? Right. So I wouldn't be mad at that. Let's see, man. I know we have that 18th pick in the first round. And we can probably, and I don't think that neither one of those guys are obviously going to be past the 10th pick. 
Yeah, so I was reading another another article, you know, that was actually, you know, against what we're saying right now um, about Tua being our guy. They were saying that Tua is actually not our guy, and that with that third pick, the the Dolphins should go with uh, with Zach Wilson, who's the quarterback I think out of BYU. And then here's the ironic part: with the 18th pick, they're saying that we should go with uh, Jalen Waddle, which is the other receiver from Bama, the guy that plays opposite of Devontae Smith. Which I thought, I mean, it's like you're gonna get, bring in another quarterback and then get rid of the guy that that guy played with in college. Yeah, uh, really, I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. I man. mean, I that's what happens when that. it's mock draft season, baby. But to your point, there is another Alabama receiver out there that I wasn't really paying attention to, and this kid, you know, Jalen Waddle. So, you know, it's like if we don't get Devontae Smith and we do get to another offensive lineman to protect him, who knows? Which we, is okay. We might still be able to get another dynamic Alabama receiver later on in that first round to pair with Tua. The only thing that sucks about Waddle is that he had that injury, right? So that kind of dropped his stock a little bit, which is fine because, like you said, we, we can probably get a lot of value out of the 18th pick. Or if we move back, which is also a potential thing, well, I don't think that we'll move back out of the top 10. Right, because from three to ten is a pretty far off, yeah. like drop off. But dropping back is not out of the realm of possibilities. So I really like the position that the third pick allows us, right? Because it gives us so many options, and we can use that to leverage on other teams, or to really get what we want from the draft and put the pressure on the Jets to make the right selection. You know, because maybe they end up saying, "Hey, we take the tackle." You know, or we take Fields, or we take the Devontae Smith. Right. And really put the force on them to see what are you going to do. Because it's almost a foregone conclusion that Jaguars are going to get Lawrence. Right? No, yeah, that's without a doubt. That's without a doubt. And the Jets are really tricky because they're going to have a new head coach. And who knows how he's going to want to build his team, right? And whether he was going to believe in Darnold or not. The same kind of applies to us, too, though, when we get a new offensive coordinator, you know? Yeah, that's true, but... We're going to have to, uh, you know, it can't. we can't just, you know, make that decision without that person. That person's going to come in, and then we're they're going to have that game plan with Flo, Coach Flo, and they're going to, you know, all right, this is what we really need, and this is what I need to work with this offense and, and make Tua great. Well, yeah, obviously with the res- resignation of Changeli, it's that opening is going to lead to those type of questions, right? And I feel you on that a thousand percent. But in my opinion, I really think that it's a good thing because it allows us to really open up the prospects on offense, right? What can we do as an offense? What do we want to gain? Do we want to be a shoot them down type offense? Do we want to throw the ball 40 times, you know, a game? The offensive coordinator that we pick is going to definitely have his own say because, like you and I know, Flores is a defensive guy. He's going to stick to that defensive side of the ball, right? You stick to what you know. And he's going to give a lot of free range to whoever comes in as the offensive coordinator because they're going to either have that experience or they're going to have a really good relationship where he can say, all right, I trust you, bro, do whatever you want. And here are the weapons for it, right, as we go into draft day. Because, like I said earlier, we don't need a lot more on defense we could probably use another defensive tackle or defensive end and maybe another safety, right, just to have enough depth back there. But not too much, right? Not too much movement there. Offensive, we need to really invest this offseason. Now, I have the top 10 free agents, and I'm going to name you the top three, right? You got Allen Robinson from the Bears. You got Chris Godwin from the 
Tampa Bay. Yeah, from the Bucks. And you got Juju Smith from the Steelers. Mm. Do the Dolphins go after one of those guys or anybody on that top 10 free agent list, which has some really good guys when you look at it? Uh, you got guys like Sammy Watkins, a T.Y. You got A.J. Green, uh, Galladay out of Detroit, uh, Fuller from Houston, Marvin Jones. I think out of everybody you just named, Galladay is probably the one name that really entices me. Everybody else. I'd rather go draft big in the draft and right? just take a and just take a chance and just take a chance. Nobody, nobody else is worth a big contract like that. I'm just I don't not, think I'm so not, either. I'm not seeing it. And a lot of them are going to want to break into that top ten paid, right? That list of top yeah, ten paid wide that's, receivers, that's always which it. the number tenth guy is Adam Thielen, and he's tied with somebody else. I forget their name, but that's at sixteen point two per year. I'm not really comfortable paying no. any one of those guys that Give money. Give me, uh, like, a Devontae Smith, a young rookie that's going to ball, you know, go out there and rookie ball. Rookie contract. And, yeah, man, and just take advantage of that all day. Absolutely, bro. That's the for, that's the game plan. I really feel like that's the game plan that the Dolphins are working on. Yeah. And that's what they have in mind when they make that hire, which we don't know what it's going to be yet, who it's going to be yet. But when they make that hire for the offensive coordinator, I really feel like it's going to be somebody who wants to exploit defenses and attack defenses not really move the ball first down first down first down no somebody's going to want to open it up throw deep balls get pass interferences get, get down 50 field. get downfield 50 yard bombs and whatnot and that's really going to happen once we get into the draft you know, we're going to have some a lot of offensive weapons. A lot of things that need to happen before then, but I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to it. One, one thing I do want to talk about before we move on to, to what we're going to close the show on um, is the defensive player of the year race. Now, I, you know, we talked about it already. Xavier Howard came up with his 10th interception. We had, you know, alluded to it before in previous episodes that uh, had he done that, he'd be the first player to do it in 13 years since Antonio Cromartie did it back in 2007. So he was able to do that. First time, you know, defensive player is able to come away with 10 interceptions or double-digit interceptions. Uh, but he's not even the lead right now for the favorite for defensive player of the Disrespect. year. Disrespect. What do you think about that, man? They got T.J. Watt with 15 sacks uh, for the Steelers and Aaron Donald with 13 and a half sacks with the Rams over him right now as far as the, the favorite. For me, the reason why Howard deserves that more than those two guys, which are absolute beasts, right? Those guys are yeah, beasts. And they're right, exactly. For their position, they're phenomenal only for the reason that it's much harder to impact the game from the outside and not in the trenches right Xavier Howard has to be in coverage deflect passes make interceptions make big plays make big tackles Donaldson and Watt those guys have one objective get to the quarterback so it's that's impressive but that's nah, only it one ta- thing. It, ta- it it's takes very strength. It takes speed. You know, it takes a lot of things to be able to do that. Don't, that you can't take away from that. But I'm totally with you, man. The defensive backs are the most, excuse me, most athletic players on the field. Why? Because of who they are covering. They're covering the most athletic player on the offensive side of the ball, and he's a shut down defensive back. So the fact that he can do that and come away with ten takeaways in the season, man. I'm totally with you, man. He should be leading the race for that defensive player of the year. And we also know that we're always going to put him on their best guy. Yeah. He's so always he's always going to get a tough one. matchup. Mm-hmm. You know it's what not I mean? A, it's not a cakewalk for him either. And nah. He's shut down. Nah. And the man is shut down. He goes about his business in a very serious way. Um, he gives props to other quarterbacks when he needs to give props. And ultimately, he's 
the best defensive player that the Dolphins had this season. Absolutely. And for him not to win this award, I really feel like it would be a shame because he's done a lot of things that people haven't done, you know. Uh, he's the one of the first guys to have uh, – he tied the, chan- the franchise record for the Dolphins since 1967 with 10 picks. No kidding. Yeah, man. You know, so, like, again, this guy has done great things on a really good team. Not a really good team. Damn, I really wish I could say that. Yeah, well, we on were a good, good team. We, we were a good team, man. We were, we're a good six. team. We have, not a really good team. We have a better team. record than some teams that are in the playoffs right now. Man. Yeah, but that's because it the could NFC have been is Don't get me trash, wrong. dog. The NFC is trash, except for a couple of teams, man. But besides that, we're a good team. We barely missed the playoffs. And he was a big part of why that defense was number one in the Absolutely. NFL before 100%. the Bills game. So. Uh, you, there was many times where you know, we were down win. and we needed a momentum swing, and boom, here goes Xavier Howard making a big play, getting the pick. I mean, he, you know, it was it was it was poetry to watch him play, man. So I'm just glad that he's on our team, and I'm, I'm really rooting for him. I hope he comes up with that defensive player of the year. Me award. too, bro. Me too, man. Yep. But before we sign off, let's hit up this playoff bracket. Yeah, man. I know the Dolphins aren't in it anymore, Which sucks. but we still got some football, and it's the best time of year, right? It's playoff yes, football. Yes, sir. So let's start off. Let's start off with the AFC. We got the number one Kansas City Chiefs getting the bye, and then we got everybody else matching up the, between Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, we got a super wild card weekend here. We got games on Saturday and Sunday, so it's, it's going to be pretty it's busy. Dope. So we got Buffalo and the Colts and the Indianapolis Colts playing at Buffalo. You got Cleveland and Pittsburgh going back to war, and then you got Tennessee and Baltimore always going at it. I'll go first. For the Bills-Indianapolis game, um, I'm going to take the Bills, right? Shout yeah. out my boy Vic. But mostly because I really believe they're the second best team in the, in the AFC, probably the third best team in the yeah. NFL. Well, they, they are the number two seed in the AFC. The Colts are the number seven seed. The Colts have had a, you know, a, a kind of up and down season. They have a really good defense that they've built on. You know, they brought in Phillip Rivers this year, which is a little bit underwhelming. And, you know, their offense, you know, has been carried by Jonathan Taylor in their run game. But um, I really think the Bills are the better all-around team, man. I got the Bills winning this one. Me too. And then in the second matchup between Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I actually got the upset here. I'm going with Cleveland. And really? Yeah, man. No shit. Because I want to see the boy Baker go off. You really? Know? That's your boy? Yeah, that's not my boy, but I want to see him go off because I felt like he got a bad rap when he came into the league, and he's really worked hard to get his team to that level. That's another guy that – the team invested around him, right? They got yeah. Landry. They went and got Odell. They went and got um, Njoku. Really put money into their yeah, offense, the right? And it worked, you know, because they obviously made the playoffs, which is amazing for them. Sucks for us. But I really got them beating Cleveland, uh, beating Pittsburgh, because Pittsburgh isn't just impressing me. And they got those COVID yeah. issues, and they're going to be missing players. So That's a bold take, man. I, You know, I know that they just finished playing this last week right now, so this is interesting to see them, you know, go back at it. Granted, they didn't start Big Ben, and there was a lot of players that were out for Pittsburgh, and, and the Browns were able to get that win, which, you know, got them into the playoffs. But I, 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 think, uh, I think the Steelers end up with the win here. I think this is a, a, a division rival for them. This is a big game for, the, for that organization. And I think when it's when it's game time in the playoffs, I think Big Ben knows how to play. So I got the Steelers winning this one. Let's see, old man Big Ben. And in the last matchup for the AFC, we got Baltimore visiting Tennessee. Tennessee's the number four seed. Shout out to my boy Julio, big Tennessee fan. And I'm picking Tennessee. I'm also going with the Titans, man. Uh, you know, I really like Tennessee because their run game, back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, bro, that shit ain't easy. 
That's you ridiculous, know? man. And the man made it look easy. That dude's a beast. He's, been He's a beast. Stiff army everybody that comes at it. The, uh, his running. <laughs> I don't wish that on my worst enemy, dude. dude. Uh, those commercials with him are funny, but I, him as a player, is really impressive. And what he can do and sustain as a running back is impressive. And I think that's going to be the key to that game. Yeah, I, I think the Ravens, are, I mean, they obviously have a good team. But I just think this season they've been a little bit under the radar. And Lamar Jackson has been a little under the radar this year, too. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I, I think the, the Titans have been rolling. You know, they, they they were one game away, I think, last year from the Super Bowl, if, I, uh, if I'm not wrong. Um, so, I, yeah, I got the Titans uh, winning this game. For sure. For sure. Let's see how it works out. So, that's a, that's a jam-packed. Jam-packed weekend we got coming up. Yeah, let's hit up the NFC real quick. Yeah. We got the number one seed, Green Bay Packers. I think they're the second-best team in the NFL behind the Chiefs. Then you got the number two seed, New Orleans Saints, playing against the seventh seed, the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Then you got Seattle playing against the Rams. And we finish it off with the Washington football team. Kind of oh, weird to say that. my goodness. Versus Tampa Bay. I can't believe that. Let's start with the bottom. The spot, dude. Yeah. Let's go New Orleans versus Chicago. Okay. Chicago is not an impressive team. They have no. impressive talent, but they're not an impressive team. The Saints, I feel like they're making this run for the Drew Brees last year type of deal, like that last hurrah type thing. So I'm taking New Orleans. All day. I know my cousin Richie would be mad if I didn't pick him, so I'm taking him. Who that? You got to go Saints, baby. Yeah, Let's man. Let's go. And in the second game, we got the Rams visiting Seattle. Always a tough place to visit, whether they're fans or not. Um, it's just. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. It's going to be a real good game because Seattle is really, 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 really tough at home. I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking Mr. Wonderful and Mr. R Russell. And I got him really pumping it up because he had – one of the worst seasons that he's had in a long time. And I feel like he's got to bounce back on the big stage. And this is the perfect time to start. Yeah, he's been flying under the radar. I, I agree. I think uh, I had him in fantasy. He started off pretty good, but then he kind of got stagnant. And, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't his best season, to your point. But uh, I think he this is where he shows up is in these big games. And For you sure. know, talking a wild card weekend against the Rams. I mean, what, what bigger game can it get right now, you know, to date? So yeah, I got the Seahawks winning that one, too. Yeah, for sure. And when we talk about stepping up in big games and we talk about Tampa Bay and TB, Tom Brady. Tampa Bay? Yeah, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that anybody can pick Washington in this game. Dude, if now, you got Washington, you you, you have to you know something that no, or, you know. No, you know know something, bro. I don't bro. even know. Because while Washington is impressive defensively, that Chase Young kid is nasty. Yeah, but it takes more than that to win a football game, dude. Absolutely. And Tom Brady is on a mission to prove something to not only Bill Belichick and the rest of the NFL, maybe to himself, that he can do it as an old man and yep. win wherever he goes. You know, he obviously has the weapons and the talent. So it wouldn't be surprising to see them, you know, give, give Green Bay a run for their money after taking care of Washington. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, would, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't mind. I just I don't see the Bears coming up with a win in that game. For sure. Or the, the, I'm sorry. Not the, the Bears. The, the Washington football team coming Yeah, up it's weird it. to say it. Yeah, I, can't even, I don't even know their name. I don't even know what to call them. Well, hopefully they get a real name by next season, bro, <laughs> after this COVID <laughs> bullshit is over and they got time to figure it out, you know? Yeah, right. If you're going to be in the playoffs, at least have a real damn have team a real, get a Get a real get, mascot, get man. Get your shit Let's together. Let's go. Get your shit together. Oh, man. But yeah, man, that's it. Another episode in the books. Joel, as always, I appreciate you, my brother. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button. If you like what we're doing with the show, make sure to tell a friend, 
share the show share the links that we post up on instagram and twitter at sports with so so and we'll catch you guys again next week peace <laughs>